A blessed Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is uh, Christmas season once again. And uh, since this is my last sermon assignment for this year, I would like to grab this opportunity to greet all of you a Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. I hope you will have a blessed 2023 ahead and a wonderful Christmas time this year. You know, this Christmas season will be a bit bittersweet time for me. Bittersweet time. It will always be sweet because, of course, siyempre Christmas eh. We rejoice at the coming of our Lord and Savior, and that is always a reason to celebrate whatever the situation we are in today. There's always a reason to hope and to rejoice because we celebrate the coming of our Lord. But for me this year, at the same time, it is bitter. Because as some of you may know, I just lost my grandma last September. And I know this Christmas will never be the same as before. You see, actually, I grew up with my grandparents. And though it can be annoying at times to grow up with your grandparents, there are actually a lot of perks to it. Sino dito mga kasama nila grandparents sa bahay? Anyone? Okay, I can see some hands. Okay, there are always perks to living with your grandparents, especially during Christmas and New Year. You know, when we live with our grandparents, usually we don't have to go out and visit people anymore. We just stay home and people come to visit us. Sila bumibisita. You know, my aunts and my uncles will always come to visit my grandparents. And the great thing about it is they always visit, they always bring food. And they always bring gifts. So, hindi niya ako nakakalimutan bigyan. Kasi kailangan nila akong bigyan sa harap ng grandparents ko. If wala man silang gift, okay lang. Much better kasi may angpaw. Ang sarap, no? When people come to you. And also, that means my cousins will come to visit. My cousins will come to visit, which was always fun. And so I always look forward during Christmas time, during Christmas Day, when our doorbell rings. Kung nag-doorbell na, ting dong, I will rush down the stairs and see who has come to visit us. I always love that feeling of excitement and of anticipation of my relatives coming into our house. You know, this was that feeling, this was the same feeling that I felt when I was reading through Isaiah chapter 60, seeing that the nations are the ones flocking to Jerusalem, okay? Not to attack it, but to worship the Lord. Actually, we, we only read till verse 3, tamaba. But if you look at verse 4 to 9, it says, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come, uh, they, they sh- uh, your, they, your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. And sabi niya pa dito, a multitude of camels shall come over you. The young camels of Midian, of Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you, the rams of 
um, Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a, like a cloud and like doves to their windows where the coastland shall hope for me? The ships of Tarshish first to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them. For the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel because He has made you beautiful. So it is a scene of people coming to Jerusalem. You know, for the past decades, Israel, uh, when they see people flocking to them, it's always bad news. Oh no, people has come to attack us. But now, kabaliktaran, people has come to give us gifts, to return our people, to return our children to us, to come and celebrate with us. You see, you know, the remnant people of Israel or the Jews have been through a lot throughout their history. They have been slaves in Egypt. They wandered in the desert for 40 years, invaded by their neighboring countries many times. Every time tumitingin sa labas, nako, someone is invading us. They were conquered and exiled into a foreign nation. And even as they are allowed to go back home, it doesn't mean they're free. It was under the mercy of a pagan king. So as you can see, you know, life was seldom easy for the people of God. Life was seldom easy and glorious for the people. And of course, we all know whose fault it is. We all know that it's their fault to begin with. Almost all their hardship and disgrace were part of God's discipline to them due to their consistent disobedience and breaking of covenant with God. Sila namang may kasalanan. But just as every loving discipline includes punishment, it always concludes with restoration. And here in Isaiah chapter 60, it paints a wonderful picture of God restoring the glory of His people. If before the nations came to attack and conquer them, now in Isaiah 60, nations will be flocking to them, escorting their children back to them, bringing their offerings and tributes, helping them rebuild their city, and then worshiping their God. Talk about reversal, no? Talk about reversal. How is this possible? How is this possible? Paano nangyari ito? When will this prophecy come to pass? And what does it mean for us today? So I would like to ask everybody to keep your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter, chapter 60, we only read from verse 1 to 3. I read to you verse 4 to 9, but you'll be looking at the whole chapter. And let us find out when will this prophecy come to pass and what does it mean for us today? First, let's understand what it means. You know, in the opening verses of Isaiah 60, the Lord commands His people to arise and shine because He will be doing something wonderful to His people through his people. Okay? Look at your Bibles. It says there, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. 
What does three verse, this three verses says? What did God say He will do? God says that He will rise upon His people and will let His glory shine through them. And the light of God's glory will be seen by kings and peoples of other nations. Maikita, it will shine so bright, the other nations will see it. And when they see it, it will cause them to draw near. And so, as God commands His people to rise and shine, He also commands them to witness and observe what is going to happen. God says, look and see. Look around and see. Why? What is happening? What is the first thing they see? They see their own children, their own people returning to them. Those who were exiled and scattered during the siege of Assyria and Babylon are coming back freely to them, even with escorts. For it says that their daughters are carried in the hip. Parang yung ka ng baby, di ba? Their children are being carried to them, back to them by someone. But that is not all. What comes next? will cause them more joy and excitement. Sabi ni God, their hearts will expand in joy. Nations from all around them will be bringing their best gifts to God's city. The nations that were mentioned, like Midian, Ephah, Sheba, Kedar, Nebaioth, and Tarshish, are actually nations surrounding Judah from north, south, east, and west. Hindi ko alam kung tama yung east and west ko, no? It's all surrounding them. And so from every direction that they look, ano nila? They will see people coming. And again, iba na, not to invade them anymore, but to give tribute. Camels, livestock, gold, silver, frankincense, cypress, pine. All these will be given by other nations as offering to the Lord, and He will receive their offerings. Kaya nga naalala ko yung Christmas when my relatives flock to our house and bring us food and gifts. Kasi parehas eh. Parang parehas yung nangyayari. And then what will God do with His offerings? God will use His offerings to beautify His house and His city. He will make other nations help build and beautify His temple and will make them build the city walls. Sabi dito sa Isaiah chapter 60, day and night, the doors will be kept open. Which is something not, uh, that's, uh, which is something unusual. Bakit? Because they always keep their doors closed. Sa inyo ba, sa gabi ba? Do you keep your doors open? Do you? No, you keep them closed and locked, tama ba? Para walang magnanakaw sa inyo. But here, God tells them that their doors will be open. Hindi nila kailangan matakot na nanakawan sila or they will be invaded because people, they will keep it open because day and night, people will be bringing them gifts. And that's how great it is. God will make the nations provide for the needs of the people. And who is responsible for all these blessings? Why are the nations responding like this? Is it because of the remnant people of God? Wow, ang gagaling ng mga tao doon, let me give them gifts. No, it's not. 
It's not because of the people. It is because of the glory of God radiating, radiating from the people. When they look at the remnant people, they see God in all His goodness and glory. And so they respond in worship. When they see the people, they see the glory of God. And in their minds, hey, I want to have what they have. Uy, okay yung God nila. I want to have a God like Him. I want Him to be my God as well. The nations are not submitting to the remnant people. They are submitting to God. They are not offering to the people. They are offering to God and worship Him. They are offering to the God of Israel. Verse 9 makes it clear. Look at your Bibles. Look at your Bibles in verse 9. Sabi niyan, for the coastland shall hope for... Look at your Bibles. Shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring your children from afar, your silver and gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel. It's not for the people, although the people are the one also um, uh, uh, blessed by it, but ultimately it is for God because He has made the people beautiful. What do we see here? What do we see here in Isaiah chapter 60? We see that the glory of the Lord will shine through His people and will bring the people of the world to worship Him. The glory of the Lord will shine through His people and will bring the people of the world to worship Him. So even though God commands His people to rise and shine, it is not to shine because of their own glory. They shine because the glory of the Lord is shining through them. It is not because of the people, because it is because, but it is because of the Lord. Just like when my relatives come to our house during Christmas, they don't come for me, they come for my grandparents, not for me. I just enjoy the blessings that comes with living with my grandparents. So, can you see the reversal here in the lives of the people? Instead of God's people serving their conquerors and their idols, God will cause the nations to serve Him and His people. God will do this by revealing His glory through His people, and all the nations will be humbled, and all the nation will desire for the God of Israel. The, God, the glory of the Lord will shine through His people and will bring the people of the world to worship Him. This is the picture that Isaiah paints in his prophecy in chapter 60. But the next question is, when will this prophecy come to pass? Kailan ba mangyayari ito? Where does this prophecy points to? No, some commentators believe the fulfillment of this prophecy points to the works of the Persian king Cyrus. Remember, uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about how God use, will be using Cyrus to free the people. So many believe that, some commentators believe that Isaiah 60 points to this, how God will be using Cyrus to free the exiles and support them in rebuilding God's temple and their city as recorded in Ezra and Nehemiah. Look at what happened during the time of Ezra. Ezra chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. It says there, next slide, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the, God, uh, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given all kingdoms of the earth, and He has charged me to build Him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Next slide. Whoever is among you, 
of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. You know, when we read this narrative account, we see many connections of the prophecies in Isaiah 60. We see how the remnant people were allowed to return with the protection of the king. We see also here in Ezra chapter 1 how tributes were collected to rebuild the house of God, which is the temple, which Isaiah mentioned in Isaiah 60 as well. And all these things in Isaiah chapter, Ezra chapter 1, it happened during the first wave of returnees to the promised land, which was led by Zerubbabel. How, do you know how many waves of remnants return? Ilang waves? Tatlo. It happened again during the second wave led by Ezra, which was recorded in chapter 7. When you go home, I want you to read Ezra chapter 7, and I want you to see how God is the one orchestrating the return of His people and the rebuilding of His city. Also, we see Isaiah being fulfilled in the time of Nehemiah. This is the third wave. No, in Nehemiah 2, verse 7 to 8, Sabedon, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given, to, uh, given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah, and a letter to Asap, the keeper of the king's uh, fortress, uh, king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the games of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And he says there, And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Nehemiah found favor in the eyes of a pagan king. Why? Because God was with him. And the walls were built thanks to the support of the foreign nations, just as the Lord said in Isaiah 60 verse 10. Look at your Bibles in verse 10. Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. See how Isaiah 60 is fulfilled? Indeed, the wonderful prophecies on Isaiah 60 were already tasted by the remnant people who returned from exiles. And it just proves true what we have learned earlier from studying Isaiah. Yung tinuro sa atin ni Pastor Benson, that God always does what He says and always keeps His promises. Dito pa lang nakikita na natin how true is that. But Another thing we must understand about God's prophetic revelation is that many times it does not have one single fulfillment, but it has multiple fulfillment. That means it could be fulfilled in this time, and then it could be fulfilled again hundreds and hundreds of years after, or maybe thousands of years after. One prophecy can have multiple fulfillment. And I believe that what the remnant people of God has experienced in rebuilding of the temple and their city is just a partial fulfillment of Isaiah 60. Partial pa lang siya. Because I believe that the more significant fulfillment of Isaiah 60 
came around 600 years after the rebuilding of Jerusalem by King Cyrus. I believe that the uh, prophecy of Isaiah 60 points to the coming of the light, the coming of the glory of God in human form, dwelling with His people, which happened 2,000 years ago. You see, just like the prophets foretold the glory of God arising from His people, the gospel heralded the coming of the light of God's glory to the world. Check out John 1 verse 9. John says, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. In John 1 verse 12 to 13, it says, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So those who believe becomes His people, becomes His children. And in John 1 verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the true light. Jesus is the glory of God who has come to draw the people of the world to Himself. Brothers and sisters, I believe that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Isaiah 60. How? Why? Because His coming has brought the people of the world back to God. The coming of our Lord has drawn people back to the God of Israel. And how do we know this is true? How can we know that this is true? Look at your seatmates. Look at your seatmates. Come on. Look at the people around you. Stare at them, kahit medyo awkward. Look at their faces. Now, I, I, let me ask you, is there anyone here who looks like an Israelite? Is there anyone here around you who looks like he or she is a biological descendant of Abraham, a Jew? Meron ka bang pinaghihinalaan hudyo in our midst? Meron ba? Taas kayo kamay kung meron. Ayun, may tumayo. Kala ko, kala ko meron eh. No, we cannot see any Israelite here. We cannot see any Jew. No, we are all either Chinese or Filipino by race or Chinese-Filipino. And yet, we are all here. We are here. We should be worshiping other gods, you know. We should be worshiping the idols of our forefathers. We should be worshiping the tree because in the Philippines, it's, you know, our original religion is animistic, spiritual things. We should be worshiping trees. We should be worshiping the sun. What are we doing here? We're worshiping the God of Israel. We're worshiping the God of Israel. As you can see, we, 
just like the nations described in Isaiah's prophecy, have drawn near to God. And we come here to worship Him, to come to offer, bring our offerings to Him, and God receives it through the light of His glory, His own Son. Mga kapatid, do you see what is happening here? Do you see who we are? We are the proof of the fulfillment of Isaiah 60. We are proof of the fulfillment of Isaiah 60. We are here because we have been drawn by the light when we came to know and believe in Jesus Christ, the true light, the glory of God. We are the product of the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Brothers and sisters, because the true light has come, Jesus is the true light, the glory of God who has come to draw the people of the world to himself, and that includes us. We are the product of this prophecy. And now that we understand how this prophecy is fulfilled and that we are a product of its fulfillment, we now ask, what does this prophecy mean for us today? What does this prophecy mean for us? You know, we have learned that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the true light. But did you know that Jesus also told his disciples that they are also light of the world? In Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, sabi niya, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, just as the Lord commanded the remnant people to rise and shine, Jesus now commands his disciples, which includes you and me, by the way, to rise and shine before others so that others might also see and give glory to God. And now that we have become children of God through Jesus Christ, the glory of God also shines through each and every one of us as well when we live as true disciples of Jesus. You know, when we believe and follow Jesus, we do not just become a product of Isaiah's prophecy. We become instruments of fulfilling. Its prof- uh, it's, uh, we become instruments of its fulfillment as well. Yes, we become instrument in the fulfillment of Isaiah 60. Just as Isaiah 60 was fulfilled through Cyrus and ultimately through Jesus Christ, it continues to be fulfilled through God's people, through disciples of Jesus, when we rise and shine for Him. When we rise and shine for Jesus. You know, the book of Acts, uh, the book of Acts records how Isaiah 60 is fulfilled through the ministry of Jesus' disciples through the lives of the first Christians. You know, when Peter allowed himself to be used by the Spirit during Pentecost, he preached the gospel. And on that day, 3,000 people believed. 
And not only that, the book of Acts tells us that the church continually grew after that. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 7. Sabi doon, And all who believed were together and, all, and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what happens? Can you read this with me? And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. See? Isaiah 60 being fulfilled through the lives of the early church. And I believe the same can be true today. We can be instruments of the fulfillment of Isaiah 60 today when we rise and shine for Jesus. Rise and let Jesus shine in you that others might know and trust Him too. Rise and let Jesus shine in you that others might know and trust Him too. You know, when my mom first contracted cancer when I was in high school, I was third year high school back then, our family struggled a lot. And I already told you that during those times, my mom cried a lot. She cried many times, and I have to be there to comfort her. She was not only afraid for herself, but she was also for, afraid for me and sisters. If she dies, sino mag-aalaga sa amin? I always told her not to worry about us. I always told her that, you know, I'm not worried, ma, because even if you're gone, I know my God will take care of me. I always tell her that. And even after being cured of cancer the first time, we still faced other challenges in life. May iba naman challenges. And she always asked me, Bri, why don't I feel, why don't I see you down and afraid? Bakit parang, you know, ako takot na takot ako. I'm always worried, but when I look at you, we're facing the same challenges as a family. You don't feel down and afraid. Why am I, tanong niya, why am I always hopeful despite our difficult situation? And I tell her the same thing. That I know my God will not forsake me. And then I remembered she asked me one day, Sabi niya, Bri, you know, I want to have what you have. I also want to know God. Actually, to be, ano, ang tawag niya pa nga, I also want to know yung God. She doesn't know how to call on God yet. Yung God patawag niya. And she began coming with me to church. She joined our Quezon City prayer meeting in Pastor Tina's house. I don't know if you guys remember that Tina uh, or something, or who was, who was there. And she began joining Lois Fellowship. She began coming with me to church. She began joining Lois Fellowship. May mga Lois Fellowship ba dito? Yan, yung mga, yan yung mga kabarkada ng, mga, na, na, ng nanay ko when she was here. A small group of mothers and finally, she came to know Jesus, and she gave her life to Jesus. 
and was baptized here in our church almost 17 years ago, just before we found out that her cancer came back. You know, when we shine for Jesus, our goal is not to make other people become like us or want to be like us. There's nothing to be gained by becoming like us. Why? Because we're all broken people. When we, far, when we shine for Jesus, we want people to have what we have. What do we have? We have a good and loving Savior, a great and wonderful God. We don't want them to come to be like us. We want them to come to know our King who loves us so much that He would die for us to give us hope, love, peace, eternal life. To rise and shine for Jesus doesn't mean you need to live, your li- you need to live a perfect life na maingit yung ibang tao, no. It doesn't need you to show that uh, it doesn't need you to show people that everything is okay in your life. No. In fact, show them your brokenness. Be authentic. Show them your imperfect life. But as you show them your imperfect life, let them also see that you have a perfect God who loves you despite your imperfection, who cares for you in the darkest moments, who gives you hope even when all seems hopeless. Show them the love of Jesus. Show them how knowing Jesus is the best thing that happened in your life. In 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Brothers and sisters, God promised His remnant people through the prophet Isaiah Isaiah, that His glory will shine through His people and will bring the people of the world to worship Him. And this promise is ultimately fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the true light, the glory of God who has come to draw people of the world to Himself. And we, my brothers and sisters, are the product of its fulfillment. And now, our God, our Lord, is calling us also to rise and shine, to become instruments in the continuous fulfillment of this prophecy, so that the people in the world will want to have what we have, a great and wonderful Savior. Brothers and sisters, my hope and prayer for all of you is that you will rise and let Jesus shine in you, so that others might know and trust Him too. You ECP, let us rise and shine for our Lord Jesus Christ, especially this Christmas season. Let's take every opportunity to rise and shine for our Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for today. We give thanks, Lord, for the opportunity and the blessing of being your children. We thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, the true light, the perfect reflection of your glory, to come into our lives and make us your children, your people. 
And so, Lord, we pray that we will not sit idly by, but instead we will rise. We will shine for you so that when people look at us, they will see your glory. They will see Jesus and they will say, hey, I want to have what you have. And we can tell them, we have a loving Savior. We have a beautiful Lord. We have a wonderful God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. His name is Jesus. And I'm glad to share him to you. Lord, give us opportunities like this that we might love God and make disciples. We might rise and shine for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen and amen.